1: The number one financial destination, YahooFinance.com.
2: Hello, and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe, and I'm Georgia, and we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it.
3: You all right? I'm good. How are you? You look great today. So do you. Where's that dress from? This is our. Uh, <laughs> How'd you say it like that? Because I think every time someone asks me, "Oh, where's that from?" I'm like, Zara, Is Zara, it? Zara. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I really go shopping anywhere else. Because I don't have time.
2: <laughs> but they're all good.
3: Yeah, no, I know, I know. Can you tell they're how into my new straight
2: jeans? I are was here? gonna
3: say I love those jeans, and I I need to buy some. Where are they River Island? These ones are
2: River Island. But I it went but for
3: River Island jacket as well.
2: I'm basically in Riri today. Yes,
3: you are. I
2: don't. I think they're man repellent, though. I'm going to be honest. These jeans. Why? Because you know. Like when you wear really tight jeans, yeah, your husband likes it and gives you a bit of a slap on the bum. Not that you dress for a man, but uh, but but now I'm wearing straight leg jeans. He said to me the other day, "You gonna." always wear those ones? <laughs> no, is it? Yeah. I was like, do you want me to I wear my skinny jeans really just for you? Nice. I think they're chic, can't they? Yeah,
3: I think they're so nice. Yeah, do
2: one partners. Yeah, do one, Dozza. Yeah, do one, doza. Love you, Dozza. Um don't forget to cook me dinner later, Dozza. <laughs> so this week we are talking to the very lovely Alison Perry yes. about secondary infertility and, and her IVF journey. And twins. And twins.
3: <laughs> now secondary infertility is something I think sort of have never really thought about because quite often when you've had one child you just assume you'll be fine to have another don't you? Well,
2: people say to you oh you'll be fine because your body knows how to get pregnant.
3: Yeah and you don't really think that you might struggle the second time round. Um, Lots of people do. Yeah I mean I guess the older you get, maybe that has something to do with it. Um But yeah, it's just something you just don't expect to happen. No,
2: but how horrendous must that be for you? Because and then you have to fend off the comments like, "Oh, it's okay. You've already got You've one." Got, I know exactly. Like, like Alison had has a daughter, yeah. And, you know, an older daughter, and and uh, yeah, I can imagine people. Uh, she she said that people said, "Oh, yeah it's alright, all right, You know, how would you feel if you just one? It's like, well, I want to have another child. Yeah, exactly. It, and it
3: doesn't make any difference. Well, obviously, it probably does soften everything a little bit knowing that you have got one but if you want to you want to and that's that really isn't it and you want more you want a sibling for of course you do and
2: also that fear of never being able to have another baby and all of those things that you go through and the disappointment of not getting pregnant every month and you know it, it it must be horrendous and going through all of
3: that while you're looking after a child yeah I
2: think that is really difficult I
3: mean it's difficult when you haven't got children going through um, any of those issues but when you have and you've got to put
2: on a brave face
3: for them every day Mm. that must be really hard
2: really tough and then of course we won't kind of we won't kind of ruin ruin, (laughs) ruin the chat but obviously then we did get onto the discussion of twins now I don't know about you but that (laughs) I mean as soon as I went for my scan my first scan I was like tummy's just one heartbeat, tummy's just one heartbeat and then they were like, it's just one baby, I was like just one baby in there, check it again, because how do you cope with twins? I have no
3: idea actually, when I was pregnant with Axel I think I, in my head I thought if I have twins I don't mind, because then it's like one and done, yeah, one and done, exactly but then when I was pregnant with Gigi I remember on the way to have the scan I said to my husband, listen just to pre-warn you, if it's twins, I am probably going to throw some kind (laughs) of tantrum, just to pre-warn you okay and he was literally thinking like, oh my god please don't
2: some don't. kind so of aggressive <laughs> yeah. will happen now something
3: will happen because i
2: mean hats off to any parents who who have twins ha- oh, wow. i don't think that i could do it i don't i mean you'd have to of course you have yeah. to but <laughs> how I've got no idea
3: and then I think they grow
2: up and they have their own secret language yeah little bumblebees yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a fantastic chat she's, she's a brilliant woman and um, yeah it's time to get on with it So, podcast day is like treat day to Georgia and I, and we are so, so happy that the lady who's sitting in front of us is sitting in front of us today. She is mum to three, eight-year-old Grace, or nearly nine, um, and she's got twin girls as well, Ava and... Eva, Eva, and, Eva and Ayla. Eva and Ayla. I knew I was almost get got that it right. <laughs> who are almost one. She's also got an incredibly successful podcast. Not another mummy podcast. It's Alison Perry.
0: Hello. Thanks so
2: much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm mm-hmm. so excited to be here. I love that you're sitting on that side of me now because last time it was the other way around. We were chatting about step parenting Yeah,
4: you came on my podcast. Yes. But there was one funny point when you were kind of interviewing the other guest. Oh God, I'm so <laughs> sorry. You 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 went into interviewing it was great. I just sat back and had a cup of tea and let sure. you do it.
2: I sound like an absolute no,es so
3: don't I? No, it
4: was great. I
3: thought you were going to say that she started on some sex stories and you told
2: her off. She she did. I, I did. did not.
4: There was there was a bit of sex chat. I there was, admit, yeah. Of course, course. My, my listeners went a bit. Uh, oh my god, did they? <laughs> no.
2: Oh my god, I love talking about sex. I can't help myself. But See, you know I'm, what? I'm, I'm a little bit prudish. I so get,
4: am I. I get I, I blush and I get a bit hot under the collar. I'm like,
3: oh. Me ooh. too. I start sweating.
2: Um, I can't get my words out, but I have got better, haven't I? If you ever really want to make Georgia feel uncomfortable, and to be honest with you, I quite like doing it for fun, is ask her when the last time she had sex was and how was it? I'm, I'm the same, honestly. Oh, I'm with you.
4: No. In fact, on a recent podcast I did with the Scummy Mummies, they asked me that question and I just got a bit flustered and I was all like, oh,
1: well. <laughs> oh,
3: God. Yeah, I just think about my mum listening. <laughs> oh, God. She oh. doesn't care. Well, I know she doesn't care because obviously I've got two children so she knows I've done it twice. <laughs> <laughs> just the twice. Just twice. <laughs> just twice. <laughs> so anyway, that's how that's how it all starts though, isn't it? We've all yeah. had sex because we're parents. Yay. We've all done it.
2: <laughs> let's not talk about secondary infertility. Let's talk about... No, <laughs> let's not. Um, Alison, thank you so much for coming on today. We, we haven't discussed this subject. We have um, had a conversation with uh, Megan Stevens about her IVF journey but you've got a very kind of different story to tell and I kind of want you to kind of paint the picture and what happened in your story. Okay
4: so um, I had my eldest nine years ago and we conceived her within three months it was one of those things where we were like I think we're ready to have a baby Um, okay I want to come off the pill and just we'll see what happens it was that classic we'll see what happens kind of scenario and three months later, I was pregnant, and it was complete shock, and it was lovely, and we were just so grateful. And um, I suffered from postnatal depression when she was a baby. And what the result, one of the results of that was that I then uh, very quickly, when she was quite small still, started fretting about whether I wanted to have another. Basically, I knew I wanted to have another baby, but Already, I was starting to worry about whether I would be mentally strong enough. Right. Um, so then, uh, the result of that kind of fear was that uh, it ch- three years went past until my husband and I, you know, got to the point where we were like, "Okay, I think we're ready to go for number two here." And unfortunately, um, unlike the first time round, where it had been three months, bam, pregnant, it took five years.
2: Oh my God, wow.
4: So um, there is an eight year age gap between my uh, my eldest and my twins. Um, and it's just one of those things where I look back and I think, OK, so we, not that we wasted those three years, but obviously experts say that your fertility is very high when you've got a small baby yeah, yes, when you just
3: had a baby which is yeah. why when
4: you go for that eight week checkup the gp's like talking to you about contraception
3: and you look at them like i don't want to talk about this yes
4: i yeah. you know and you know in that same way of me feeling a little bit uncomfortable about talking about sex in general when me and my husband are there in the gp office and she's like mm. what about contraception i got a bit kind of like oh well mm, uh <laughs> Like, But also, genuinely, it's the furthest thing from my mind right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, I really don't think that you need to be worrying about me and contraception <laughs> right now.
2: We won't be having sex anytime soon. <laughs> you're scared of it at that point, aren't yes. you? Because you're like, the last thing you want to do is fall pregnant again when you've got a small baby. But you are at your most fertile. Yes.
4: So I think it's one of those things that, you know, looking back, I think, okay, um, if we hadn't wasted those three years with me being scared about, am I strong enough to have uh, another baby? Then maybe we would have been able to ha- you know, get pregnant and have mm. another baby quickly. Mm. We'll never know. Mm-hmm.
2: We'll never know. So in those three years, were you just trying... You know, as you would, I mean, was there sort of, I guess, an urgency to you trying, or were you just kind of thinking, well, this will happen this month? And this, what was going through your mind and your husband's mind during those three years? Well,
4: the three years um, after having my daughter, we weren't trying. So I was on the pill and we weren't trying. Right. Then when we decided actually let's go for it, let's try and have number two, um, again, to begin with, we were kind of a little bit like, let's come off the pill and see what happens. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think, in all honesty, because I did have this fear of, I'm not sure i'm you know uh, mentally strong enough to have another baby um there was this real kind of like wrestling in my inside me of right. i really want this but i'm not sure i can cope right. and so it was almost like rather than every month when my period arrived it being this crushing blow it was more kind of like okay right let's let's just crack on and let's okay. just see what what happens yeah um and I did have a moment when my eldest was a baby and I was at this kind of my, my lowest ebb with PND and I was trying to decide in my head whether it was something we wanted to do. I did have this awful, horrible moment where I thought, do you know what? I almost kind of wish that we can't have a second baby because oh, well. then the decision is taken mm. away from me. I, I was... I was kind of in such a horrible place with the kind of, should we, shouldn't we? Yeah. And I thought, if, if this decision is just taken away from me. So then a few years later, of course, I'm looking back oh. and I'm thinking, well, clearly I brought that on myself, didn't oh, I? Oh, Alison.
2: <gasps> no. You know, like because you
4: should never wish that upon yourself no. or anybody else. And so, you know, I, I just thought, you know... I should never have even thought that because yeah, now we're in this situation. You
2: can't beat yourself up about stuff. I mean, absolutely, I know why you would go back there and think that, but at the same time, you—that was the postnatal depression talking, right? That wasn't the, the the kind of. I mean, I don't even know what the right phrase to use is, but the person who you are sitting now in yes. front of us—that's that wasn't that person talking to you, that, no. or not having those conversations. I mean, that's completely natural. I think if you're coping with something like postnatal depression, I mean, how do you even get out of bed every day, let alone look after a baby? I know it's it's hard. It's a challenge. Uh,
4: yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, so yeah, when it got to the point where we were um, just trying, it got to the point, you know, we were just um, seeing what happens again. Um, and then for me, um, it almost, us going down the fertility uh, route, the kind of um, assisted fertility route kind of happened by accident. Mm. Because what happened was I suffer from this um, chronic condition called endometriosis. Yeah. yeah. And it gets worse. When one of the ways that um, uh, medical professionals uh, deal with it is by putting you on the pill. Yeah. So with me coming off the pill to try and get pregnant, my endometriosis flared up. And um, for people
2: that don't know what endometriosis is, what what are your symptoms?
4: So the symptoms are really heavy, painful periods. Like properly can't get out of bed. I mean, it's different. It you know there's it, it varies. Yeah. Um, because essentially, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but essentially when you bleed, when you have your menstrual um, bleed every month, um, I believe that um, tissue, so it's basically when you have your period, it's the um, inside uh, lining Lining. of your womb, shedding. And so I think that that uh, lining attaches itself to different parts of your body. So it could be like your bladder, it could be your bowel, it could be your intestines. And then I think that every month that then kind of, Sheds and bleeds and causes problems, and so stuff just builds up in places of your parts of your body that it shouldn't. Wow, and you get cysts, and yeah. it's just it's all just a, a big old mess down right. there, and it had a kind of a, a massive effect on your fertility, right? Okay, um, and so it's kind of like one of those things where you come off the pill to try and get pregnant, but coming off the pill makes endometriosis worse, which then makes your fertility dip, so right. it's like catch 22. Yeah it's really tricky so I ended up going to um getting NHS treatment for endometriosis and I had a laparoscopy which is a surgical procedure um where they basically laser away all the kind of stuff that's built up and get rid of cysts and all that 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 kind of uh, stuff and um after that treatment so it's basically a case of let's try the laparoscopy and it'll clear things up and then have another bash at getting pregnant and see what happens.
2: And how many years after you've started sort of trying, so the three years where you weren't trying, then... I would say a a year later, I'm having this treatment
4: and I'm being told by the uh, consultant, let's have this this surgical procedure and then see what happens. And with all of these things, it's almost like, let's try this. And then you've almost got to give it a few months, haven't you? And Mm. see, you know, to see if it works. Yeah. So it's all a very long, drawn-out process. And all the while, you're aware that the clock is ticking. Of course. And, you know, your biological clock is you know ticking in that your fertility is dipping and my main kind of fear and anxiety was that the age gap between my eldest and any future siblings was widening and widening and I had was that
2: this, a big was that a big a fear of yours it was yeah
4: huge and basically every birthday of hers her birthday is in september and every birthday i obviously celebrated it and had a brilliant time but i had this horrible kind of like gut-wrenching anxiety of that's another year that she's older than any potential
3: sibling. But what what worried you about that? About having a big age gap? I
4: think that um, I think that it, it's just not the norm. Right. And I think that I worried that it would uh, rob my children of that gorgeous sibling bond that you hear people talking about I can understand what you're thinking and you know you see people going out as a family to like the theme park or you know the play park and they all play together and they all have similar interests and so to me having a huge age gap would potentially rob these children which is ridiculous now that I've got children (laughs) with a big age gap I can see that I have nothing to worry about yeah Mm -hmm. but it was a real anxiety for me um so yes, Um, had the laparoscopy and uh, tried to get pregnant again, didn't work, and that was when the consultant said, okay, now it's time to start on the fertility drugs, which kind of felt like a really big step for me, because it really felt like, oh, right, my body really isn't playing ball here. Yeah,
2: and, and, and yeah. also, what was going through your head? Because surely you were thinking, well, I've got pregnant, yes. I, my body knows how to get pregnant. Yeah.
4: And again, I, I kind of wondered how much of it was psychological. I wondered how much of this I was bringing on myself because was I creating some kind of mental barrier that my body was... I was blocking my body from getting pregnant yeah. because I was so, you know, worried about whether I would cope from a mental health point of view. I don't know. I reckon
2: that resonates with so many people listening because yeah, you definitely. would at that point think that, wouldn't you?
4: And I think starting on fertility drugs feels like such a big step. It's like, oh, Blimey. I'm and I actually... guess when
3: someone else has said that to you, rather than, you know, the normal, not normal, but normally somebody would, you know, get to two years of trying and then seek help. Whereas it almost came upon you, like yeah. the help was put upon you. It
4: kind of almost happened by accident that I was going to have, um, you know, my endometriosis sorted. Mm-hmm. And it kind of almost just like snowballed into a now your own fertility treatment. Like, oh, okay, right, hang on, are we here? Are we here already? Okay. So I went onto Clomid um, for I think three months or f- oh, six months I think it was, um, which is meant to stimulate egg production, yep. and that didn't work. So then at that point I was put onto another drug called Tamoxifen, which is um, traditionally used to treat cancer, um, and one of the side effects I believe, as I understand it, is um, it boosts your fertility. So I think a lot of cancer patients who are put on this are told you need to be careful, yep. you know, use condoms or you know just. You, your fertility is going to kind of skyrocket. Um, Were you having
2: to inject these drug, no, drugs? No, these are
4: these are like pills that you take. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fairly kind of easy, you know, just kind of like get on with your day and yeah. kind of hope that hope for the best. Um, I think I did three months of tamoxifen. That didn't work, um, and then I just remember sitting in the um, in the you know um, the clinic and speaking to the. Consultant, and then basically just saying to me, because this was all NHS, you know, treatment, and then basically kind of them saying to me, We've done everything we can because the next oh. step, the only th- thing that you can do now is IVF. And because you've got a child already, we can't, oh, we yeah, can't help you yeah, with of that. Course. So we've gone as far as we can go, and we were kind of just shown the door, and it felt like the biggest anti-climax the biggest it was just before christmas or it was in between christmas and new year and i remember walking out with my husband and just feeling kind of flat and like oh right because ivf is such a huge
2: thing yeah and And it's so expensive so they're not going to help you out with it
4: so expensive and i guess in the back of my mind um because we'd conceived within three months the first time i just always thought We just need a bit of a kickstart. It's going to be all right. You know, I'm quite a positive person. I'm quite optimistic. So just to be told, uh, right, see you later, there's the door. I mean, obviously, they said it in a more, (laughs) you know, sympathetic way. Um, You can have a tea
2: on your way out. Yeah, exactly. And a biscuit. Just one, because we can't give you two, because you've already had a child.
4: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, from that point, it was just a case of researching fertility clinics and speaking to people and, like, reading blog posts and... Just trying to find, you know, find people who had experienced IVF and getting my head around, you know, is there something we want to do? I think we we knew at that point. That was going to yeah, be my question. I was, yeah, yeah, I was going
3: to say that. Did you just decide, yeah, that's it. That's off we go. Let's go. Let's go do this. Or was there some questions? You know, we've got one, that that kind of thing. I yep. think so
4: I think, I think for us, because we'd got to that point and we'd already been through you know, trying different treatments. I think that it wasn't a question of, shall we? It was more a question of, okay, how are we going to afford this? Yeah. And how, who should we, you know, should we go to a Harley Street clinic or should we go to our local clinic? Because actually, as I'm sure you guys know from um, chatting to Megan about IVF, there's a lot of toing and froing. It's basically kind of, it's different, I think, for every clinic. But for me, it was like every second day I had to go for scans. And so to be trekking in central London all yeah, that time and yeah. so we went for a local clinic just because from you know a uh, kind of practical point of view and
2: um... I know the sounds are so <laughs> sweet oh have <laughs> you
4: given us the sound effects oh, speaking, new speaking of ovaries mine are oh, throbbing no. right now no.
2: Imagine working with her every day. My husband's uh, had a vasectomy now and I just look at Gigi and I'm like,
4: reverse it, yes, reverse it. That's the thing, it's always reversible. Oh,
2: no, that's that's a subject for another time. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess, again, okay, kind of talking about the clinic that you chose, you, you chose a local clinic. Was that just pure, purely for ease or did somebody recommend that to you?
4: I knew somebody who'd been through IVF successfully at that clinic. And it was a clinic that my consultant um, that I had originally seen, um, that, you know, he... Um, he worked privately at that clinic as well as doing NHS stuff, and we just thought, Do you know what, just from a practical level, I thought, well, you know, we could choose another clinic based on other criteria, but you're not guaranteed that it's going to be magical, and you know. Um, they just happen to have you know the right treatment or the right consultant, or it's there's so many unknowns, and you're kind of taking a gamble wherever you go. So we just mm-hmm. thought, let's go with the local clinic. Yeah, um, that we know one person who's had an all right experience there. Um, yeah, so we went with that one.
2: And then, what did that what did that whole process look like for you? And can you kind of give us an insight into you know the because I'm, I'm I mean Megan touched on the drugs that she had to take and the costs and I don't know the length of time and yeah. if there was any failed failed attempts I guess yeah so we
4: we we did IVF twice the first time we spent the whole summer doing it and I really felt like it. Afterwards, it didn't work. And afterwards, I wrote a blog post where I referred to it having stolen our summer. And I really felt like that, which sounds really dramatic.
3: No, because Megan also said it sort of consumes yeah. everything, doesn't yeah. it? And like the two of you, whether you decide to share it with anybody or not, um, the two of you are in this, you know, almost have this little secret other life going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, we were quite open about it with our friends. And, um, but yeah, it does consume you. And, you know, the injecting, it sounds kind of crazy because you've got all this drugs in the fridge and you're told you have to inject at the same time every evening. You know, so I had like this alarm on my phone. I think it was like quarter past seven. So I thought, right, we'll put our daughter to bed at seven and I can come down and, you know, we're in this little routine. But it kind of meant then that we, I couldn't just make plans to meet friends for dinner or go up to central London to meet someone for drinks because I had to have the stuff that was fresh out of the fridge mm-hmm. into, you know, uh, a needle and into my stomach. And the actual injecting of it, it surprised me how quickly you get used to it. I'm doing the action <laughs> yeah. into my stomach. <laughs> I was like, What's she doing? Yeah. I'm doing the action, <laughs> injecting it. Um, but the the kind of effect that it has on the logistics of your life, it does kind of feel like it takes over. And we couldn't. We spent the whole of my daughter's school summer holidays at home, and we couldn't a holiday and you know people might be listening like boohoo you know one summer where you can't pick a holiday no, but, um, but also
3: when you've got someone else to think about that you do feel responsible for that don't you yeah of course. does she know what you were doing
4: no not at all not no. at all um as far as she was aware we were just having a very low-key summer and actually afterwards i reflected on this and thought this it's probably the best thing for her because we all had quite low key summers when we were mm. growing up, you know. And she spent that whole summer, you know, going to the local swimming pool and going to the local park. And we had, um, I think, we had a new sofa delivered, and so we had this massive um, cardboard box that was in the dining room. <laughs> yeah. And she had a huge box of Sharpie pens, and she spent the whole summer drawing on this on the floor. It was just, it just lived there on the floor. It's and the, it was it's this the non-toy
2: toys, it, yes. like again, yes,
4: the non-toy toys. <laughs> And honestly, my one of my babies is obsessed with the pseudocreme pot right now. It's just like, <laughs> it is the best toy. It's what, ridiculous. just bashing it? Just playing with yeah, it. Yeah, amazing. Just chewing on it and playing yeah, with it. And just praying that she doesn't open it up and have pseudocreme go everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we had the whole summer and it was very low key. And afterwards, I did reflect back and think that's probably the best thing that she could have. Because we were kind of guilty of you know, like, let's shoot off here for for a week and let's go to Alton Towers and let's pack in as much fun as we can, you know, into the into the summer break. So actually, it probably did her some good. It's
2: quite nice to do that as well. I think yeah. we, as parents, we're sort of programmed to spend a fortune on our kids every single day in the summer holidays because we have to do this and we have to do this. It's yeah, like it's they, pressure. Can just to- they can just play with yeah. their toys at home. Yeah. And
3: sometimes they like it. Yeah, they love it. I sometimes think, like, Axel hasn't had a day at home just doing not a lot for ages like months and months and months and when he does get to play with his toys he loves it yeah Yeah. so yeah absolutely it's nice for them so you're obviously going through um IVF you've had that summer and then it doesn't work and how are you feeling now
4: absolutely devastated um we found out when we were um so it was the uh beginning of September and you have that two week wait where you have had the eggs implanted back into you and you're waiting to see whether the um you know take Hmm. For want of a better, for what want of a better phrase, um, and uh, I was at, I remember being at my friend's thirtieth, thirtieth. How old do I think I am? Fortieth birthday party. Um, <laughs> it's just, what's like, ten years between friends? Yeah. It's
2: fine, Alison.
4: I, honestly, I'm in denial. I think I'm still uh, thirty. Um, I was at my friend's fortieth birthday party, and I went to the loo, Ooh. and uh, there was blood. And the <sighs> tricky thing is that you read that um, you quite often get an implantation bleed oh yeah and so I, in the back of my mind I was thinking it might just be the implantation bleed but I knew the amount of blood that this was a period oh, and God. I went back downstairs and I hadn't been drinking because you don't when you're going through IVF you kind of have to act as if you are pregnant and you can't you avoid all the, the, the yeah. cheeses and the runny eggs and all that kind of stuff and um, had to kind of carry on drinking my uh, you know, my... My, my, hi- my non-alcoholic non cocktail. Yes, exactly. Uh, fizzy water. And didn't bother telling my husband because I didn't want to spoil his evening. But inside, I just felt as kind of like crushing kind of weight inside of just like, oh, I really feel like this hasn't worked. This whole summer has been for nothing. And all mm-hmm. of that money It's such a lot of money to be spending on something that isn't a guarantee. Like there aren't many things in life no. where you spend thousands of pounds... You know on something that isn't you know a renovation in your house or a holiday or a car or mm. something where you have you definitely have something to show for it yeah so. so
2: devastating and to stand in that party as well that image is really standing out to me And not even saying to your husband you know i've come on my period to have to kind of deal with that it's a very solitary feeling at yeah. that point right
4: yeah it was yeah it was absolutely and i really felt like um it was it took me a good few months to get over it. And you know, just talking to other people who had been through IVF and it hadn't worked and chatting and reading blog posts and listening to podcasts, it's like you know, all that kind of shared experience that mm. really helped me.
2: Did you think it wasn't gonna happen
4: for you at that point? So at that point we had basically used up all our savings. And I was very open about that. And I said, you know, to everyone you know all my friends but also I think I mentioned on social media as well because I kind of wanted to be honest and I you know all the way through this because I do talk about motherhood on social media and on my blog I kind of wanted to everyone to know that this was our one shot um and then you know, family members offered us money to have a second round. Um, somebody who I'd met online, uh, through the kindness of her heart, offered to pay for a second round. Oh, I mean, just, wow. Oh, my God, I've got goosebumps. Seems, I know. You know, the kindness of people. Um, I've got goosebumps too. I've got yeah. shivers just thinking about it.
2: And She just sent you a message. Well,
4: she sent me yeah she sent me um, like a DM on Instagram saying I know this is this is weird um um I don't really know how to say this but I'd be willing to pay for a round of IVF if you know if you if you want me to um oh my God. and I at first I kind of flippantly was like haha as if and then I felt terrible because I thought actually she's probably kind of been working up to send yeah. this message and it was just it came from such a lovely place. Mm. Um, So then I very quickly... I was walking along when I read it. I was walking along my local shopping centre and just sent her a really quick reply back. And then later on, I reread it and I was like, actually, I sent her a much nicer one back saying, it is so kind of you, but I could not possibly... Yeah. You know, I just feel like it's too much when we don't really know each other that well. Um, But yeah, family members offered. um, And eventually, um, I think it was my in-laws, we we accepted money from them for a second round um, and we just did it and um this was let me get my my dates right so it was a september that we um find out that the ivf hadn't worked and then it was the january that we um started again on okay. another round of ivf so a few months later mm-hmm. um it worked
3: and it worked, yeah! and it worked! <laughs> i was waiting for you to say that did it you worked. feel different did you know did you like know in your, no. in your heart no i'm not
4: one of those people i'm not one of those you're people not bumblebee who, no, no i don't know these things um um to be honest i was convinced that it hadn't worked because um again i had a bleed and i remember texting um one of my i, I went to meet one of my friends for coffee emily um, that morning and I, I said to her I, I you know she knew I was going through it and I said you know I've got I've had a bit of a bleed I don't think it's worked and she chatted and we we you know we talked about it and, and then I went to bed when I when I when I left her from coffee I went back was got into bed and I was just feeling quite low and I was messaging um, another friend who has been through IVF herself a few times and she was basically just like You idiot, you're pregnant. That's the implantation bleed. And she was completely convinced. And I was like, no, 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 because, you know, last time, blah, blah, blah. Um, And she was like, how much was there? And so I was like, not much. It's the implantation bleed. Oh, my God, congratulations. And she was like, (laughs) she kind of went (laughs) shooting down this road of congratulating me and saying how happy she was. Oh, my God, I love this woman. Who
2: is she, this friend? Uh, So this is
4: Amber. (laughs) Come on, Amber. So Amber, um, she's on Instagram as Meet the Wilds, and she has had IVF. Uh, three times she's got two sets of twins and one singleton no Uh, she's bonkers (laughs) but amazing um so she was basically dming me saying you're pregnant oh my goodness this is so exciting i'm so happy for you um and she was like do a test and i was like no it's too early because they say not to do a test until after the two weeks and we're only kind of 10 days in and she was like no do a test so the next day I did a test and it came up as pregnant. Yeah. But the, the, ah, the reason they say wow. to not to do it too early is because the one of the drugs that you give yourself um, during the this process can create a false positive if that drug is still in your system. And my, you know, Amber was basically like, no, 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 that that will that will definitely get your system now. It's definitely a positive, woo! And I was like, still a bit hesitant. Yeah, of course course you would be. Yeah. Oh, I've got got to wait. This was on the Sunday. I've got to wait until Thursday before I can do the official test. Um, But I think at that point, I kind of knew, and her her positivity and her kind of you know um, refusal to you know believe that this wasn't happening just was quite infectious. Infectious,
2: yeah. So, and they put two eggs in,
4: they put two eggs in, and um, yeah, they, they put two eggs in. But when we went for our six week scan, so basically, when you have um IVF, I don't know if it's the same for every clinic, but the clinic that we used they get you along at six weeks for what they call um, a viability scan, which doesn't sound very nice. Um, but it is to check that the pregnancy is viable, to check that it's not ectopic um, yeah. and that everything's where it should be. Um, so we went along for this six week scan, really excited, but also a little bit kind of like, you know, just need, need to make sure that everything's, you know, fine. Um, and the consultant said, there, there we go, there's the heartbeat, everything's fine.
3: And off we went. <gasps> so you thought you had
2: one? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did he get that or she get that wrong?
3: She
4: got it wrong. Well, bearing in mind as well, on the notes, you know, she would have seen that she put in two eggs. You'd think it might be the kind of thing that she checks for.
2: <laughs> said she didn't check, so you went a six week thinking there was one and then what happened? So then
4: what happened was um, uh, a few weeks later, we we're just going for our regular, you know, 12 week, 13 week scan um, at our local hospital and we went in and it was me and my husband and the uh, sonographer said... Um, um, also, is it your first scan? And we said, no, 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 we had one at six weeks. And they kind of fl- she kind of jokingly said, oh, so you know it's just the one then? And we were like, yeah, we know it's just the one. And then she started scanning and she kind of looked at us a bit kind of quizzically. And she said, you were told it was just one. And... My husband and I looked at each other and we were like, yes, why? And she was like, there's
2: two. Oh, wow. my God.
4: And we just both started giggling and I could not stop laughing. And my stomach was shaking because I was laughing so much. And she was trying to, all oh, the gel was on my stomach and she was trying to kind of scan and it was just shaking up and down and wobbling all over the place. And we just could not stop laughing. We were just kind of in shock.
2: I mean, laughing is a good emotion. Yeah. I've probably been like... Oh, like freaky. I mean, but I suppose yeah. at that point you're like, I've got my baby. Yeah.
4: I think it's one of those things that you always think it's an option. You always think it's going to, you know, it's a possibility, yep. especially with them putting two eggs back in. But we were told um at that appointment, we were told they are identical twins. So it is actually one egg that has split. split. It's not the two eggs that right. we were back in. And she thought, wow that's kind of amazing yeah that
3: is amazing
4: you know because people say you know oh we've got twins oh is it IVF well yes it is but but you know we haven't had twins because we've had IVF you know
0: um
4: so they're identical twins but in a weird twist they do not look identical and so I do wonder whether actually they got it wrong and and the and it, and they are non-identical, and it was the two eggs. I don't know.
2: I mean, was there anyone that was getting it right during these scans? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Basically, there are a lot of people out there who are getting it
3: wrong. <laughs> but I guess you don't really care because you've got two beautiful babies. We don't <laughs> care, but
4: it's just, I'm quite fascinated. I'm really yes. interested in all things twin.
3: Yeah,
4: You know, just the fact that you can have one egg that splits and it creates two identical babies that's just so interesting yeah and then the fact that you get fraternal twins that are kind of like siblings that happen to be born on the same day and it could be like a boy and a girl or it could be you know same sex so
3: is but that d- where you yeah, can see twice
4: almost on different days so basically two eggs get released so this uh, okay. is why this is why i'm a bit of a twin
2: expert <laughs> yeah 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 tell me cuz i um, love i love the twin chat
4: so this is why um you get more twins um born to older women it's partly because of the rise of ivf but it's also because the older you get, the more chance you have of releasing more than one egg in a cycle. So you might release two eggs, both get um, fertilized. That right right. Yes. Yeah, fertilized. Yeah. Um, both get fertilized and both implant in your womb, and both start, So basically, when that happens, they're called fraternal twins. They're non-identical, and they're basically like brother and sister, or sister and sister and they just happened to be born on the same day.
2: So, um how was the birth and how was the pregnancy? And were you were you cuz were you one of those I mean, I mean pregnancy is not easy. <laughs> but obviously you'd gone through IVF, which was yeah. such a trauma for you. So, did you enjoy your pregnancy this time around?
4: I think that I was just I think when you have uh, an older child, pregnancy is much less of a thing isn't it Mm. and um, you kind of just get on with things and you're less almost like indulgent and rather than kind of putting your feet up and asking for a foot rub you're just kind of like bombing around you know doing the nursery run or the school run or whatever it is and you just happen to be pregnant Um, I think I was much more relaxed even though with the twin pregnancy I had to go for scans every two weeks so with them being identical apparently um, they were sharing a placenta and um, the danger with that is that you can have this thing called twin to twin transfusion where one twin takes uh, too much blood from the other so the placenta should be giving them equal amounts of blood um, and that can sometimes go a bit awry and it's really dangerous. And um, so they basically asked me to go in every two weeks for a scan. So it was quite kind of disruptive in that way of rather than just having like three scans in my pregnancy and then just cracking on, yep. I was forever getting the train up to the hospital. Yeah. But it was also quite nice and reassuring because it meant that every two weeks. You saw the twins. I saw the twins and I had that, you know, rather than kind of. Having those kind of slight fears and anxieties that you get when you're pregnant, of oh, everything's okay. Every two weeks, I had someone saying, everything's okay. Everything's fine. Everything's as it should be. Mm. So it was actually, I feel like it was quite a relaxed pregnancy from that point of view.
3: Gave you more confidence. In lots of countries, they do that, don't they? Just like as standard, they scan like every month or something. Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I was. When my mum was pregnant with me, we lived in Portugal and she was scanned all the time. Right. And so the second time around, you only get two scans, don't you? Second time normally. Yeah, two scans. You get one three less. scans? I think you get one less than with your Twelve first. Twelve weeks,
2: twenty weeks yeah. and then I got one at thirty two weeks. I didn't or something. get
3: any more after that. My mum
2: said she didn't have one scan during her pregnancy. Wow. She what? went, yeah, because it was like, you know, she's, she'll kill me for saying this, but she's somewhere hovering around the sort of late 60s, early 70s, Mark, sorry, Mum. And she said, back in the day, they just didn't get them in the UK. You know, you went in, you were pregnant, everything was fine. Maybe you had one scan at the beginning, but she said you didn't have any with Catherine, my eldest daughter, uh, sister. Oh, my gosh, that's
3: nuts, isn't it's it? It's crazy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, my mum was every month, so she couldn't believe that I Because she was you, in Portugal. Yeah, I was getting so little. We're she's, so
4: lucky, really. Aren't that we, lucky? Yeah. Yes. And that, you know, we we that the technology exists, that they can, you know, look inside us. It's crazy when you think about it. I know, it it is crazy. You know, the stuff that they can find out and see and measure and, you know, all of that stuff. It's just, it's brilliant.
2: We talk a lot about how the midwives work, that we're absolutely blown away by what they do in that delivering suite or wherever you are having the baby, that they're just so calm and collected and on top of everything and not panicked. And Oh, my God. I mean, they are are the heroes.
4: One of my main memories, um, so I had... um, I want to say um, a natural birth of my first, but that's not correct, is it? Um, Because every birth birth is natural. I think we see vaginal birth is the correct term. Yes, with the first Mm -hmm. twin. No, Sorry. my first was my eldest yeah um but with the twins i was told you had to have a c-section okay because they were sharing a placenta maybe they weren't sharing a placenta because uh, (laughs) who knows who knows (laughs) um so but one of my main memories of having um the c-section with the twins was uh, one of the anesthetists who was here kind of right next, you know next to my my head Um, And she just chatted to me. She just kept chatting and chatting and chatting. And every now and again, she would kind of give me an update as to what was happening on the other side of the big blue curtain. But actually, she was just kind of like, are you okay?" And, you know, like, tell me, you know, if you need anything or, you know, just And I just thought thought, you know, you are doing such a good at kind of distracting me in a warm And friendly way. Brilliant! You are so good at your job. I want to hug you. Yeah,
2: they never falter, do they? Just being there, just that that sort of strong. Even if your husband's gone off to get some sausage rolls or whatever, or your (laughs) wife's gone off somewhere, you know, that 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 they're there, aren't they? Just all the time calming things down. I remember during um, during Kit's labour. Um, I mean I was completely out of it and I had an epidural at this point and I remember it was time to push and uh, my lovely midwife her name was Remy I remember looking down at her and she had these these, she was wearing glasses because she needed to wear glasses but at that point I looked down I could see the reflection in her glasses and apparently I went Tell her to take the glasses off. Take the glasses off. And I was going, you're going to have to take the glasses off. And she was like, I cannot take my glasses off because I need them to see. And I was like, I can see in the reflection. I can see. Dozla was going, don't look. Don't look. Close your eyes. "Uh -uh, It will stay with me forever. I bet it will. But she didn't take her glasses off, thank God. Well, you know, to be fair,
4: if she 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 needs them to see. I had a similar thing where I think a lot of people have this experience when they're having a C-section. You look up and the massive... Um, sort of metallic surgical light is quite reflective yes and you glance up and you can kind of see a reflection of them like cutting you open and hoiking babies out of your abdomen and it's a little bit kind of like don't
2: look don't look yeah Ah." It's so weird, the things you remember during that during moments of labour. Do you remember anything, or were you just silent like the first time? I don't, I don't know. Well, basically, I don't make any noise during labour. No noise
3: at all? No. no she's
2: Tom Cruise. So- no, she's actually actually Tom Cruise. I don't know why. I just
3: don't make a sound. Did you do the whole hypnobreathing thing? No. Oh. Like, I don't know, not at all. I don't. I didn't know it was going to happen. What is wrong with you? Are ha- a robot? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Did you not make any sound with Gigi, either? No, zero sound of Gigi, and I didn't have any pain relief with Gigi. Wow. Um so I don't I don't really remember it because I think I zone out I think that's what I do. I think I just take myself off somewhere. I mean, it's very strange. I can't do it in normal life. And I'm not <laughs> going to have any more babies, so it won't be happening to me I'm again. I'm looking at
2: you thinking, who are you? You're not the person <laughs> I once met in the Cheltenham cafe. That's
3: amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It's weird.
2: Um, listen, we could obviously sit here and talk to you the whole day because yeah. you're so brilliant. <laughs> what we do at the end of the podcast is we ask our guests to talk about their five favourite products. So we've been chatting about fertility, infertility and twins. So have you got any, any that you swear by? Twins. Um, I'm really interested twins. in products for twins. Well,
4: Well, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we've got is kind of just two of everything. Um, I mean, I've got the most amazing double buggy, so I've got one of those inline double buggies, um, which I was really kind of keen to get. We've got like an eye candy orange. We've got, um, and a lot of people said, "Oh, you want to get one of those kind of like nice big wide ones?" But actually, to get on and off a London bus, yeah, yeah, and we've got a Victorian like a uh, terraced house and I thought, you know, to get through our narrow front door, we don't want to be kind of, you know, people were like, oh, it's fine. You just, uh, you know, dismantle it outside and keep it in your
3: car. And I'm but like, where do you put the babies? Exactly. exactly. I don't understand. I'm like, what, do you just lay them on the floor in the yeah. hallway? It's
4: like juggling, like one on one shoulder, one on one under this arm, putting the buggy in the car. No, so we've got like a lovely inline. So is that one on top, one underneath? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. So that's probably one of my favourite things. Um... Also, one of the things that I could not have done without is one of those white noise apps oh, on my phone. yeah. So we use what's called the crowded noise room. Um, crowded, sorry, crowded room noise, um, which just sounds like there's a bit of a party going on in the next room. And we still use it when our twins go down for a nap uh, during the day. We still put it on because it kind of masks. If, you know, there's a massive lorry kind of beep, beep, beep down in the street, it kind of masks the noise, and it means they're not waking up. So we still use that.
2: So. We we use white noise. Yeah, We're I a bit white, white noise, noise, noise fans. Yeah, and
3: yeah, any car other? seat. So do you still have to have a car seat with your eldest?
4: Yes. So I mean, I think she's probably at the age now where possibly because I think it's like it's 135 centimeters, I think. So she's probably getting to the point where she doesn't need need one. But I'm quite um, I'm quite strict on car safety. Yeah, and so I think she'll be in her high back booster until she's 12. Um and so we as ridiculous as it sounds we bought a new car because we couldn't physically fit we went down to mother care and they've got this brilliant service where they will come and try different car seats in your car oh that's great and so they brought down two of these like Maxi Cosi Cabrio Fix kind of you know infant car seats and put them in our car and then we tried to get my yeah. eldest high back booster in the middle and it wasn't going to work and we just thought you know what as mad as it sounds and again, car safety to me is so important. Mm. We it was a, like a second-hand people carrier that we've got, but we yeah. traded in our old car. We got a new one, and so it fits them all in yep. fine. So yeah.
3: individual seats,
4: individual seats. Yeah, states, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. It's just like a, a regular maxi cozy. Um, you know, um, infant car seat. And though. are
2: the girls in the same room together? All of them? Not all of them, no. no. My goodness, my
4: eldest would love that though. She would would she? Say, she would just be like, best sleepover ever. <laughs> uh, no, the twins are in their own bedroom. They've only just recently gone into their own room. They they've were sleeping their own rooms. with us. Yeah. Um, no, well, no, they're, they're sharing so, a room. Yeah. Um, and they've only just recently gone into that. They were um, sleeping with us until about 10 months. Um, and that I find that actually quite, quite a transition, quite a tricky transition i didn't think it would be hard but having them move into their own rooms and me going to bed and not being able to hear their little snuffles and their little breathing Mm. um i have found quite emotionally difficult have you yeah my Mm. husband's just like yeah whatever he's sleeping
2: better (laughs) thank you so much yeah lovely to have you and Alison? you've been amazing thank you thank
3: you thank you
1: yahoofinance.com the number 1 financial destination yahoofinance.com
2: Oh, do you know what? I just love a happy ending. I know, don't we all? Was, that was so nice. It was brilliant. The journey that she's been on and then to get twins at the end of it. <laughs> I know, what an incredible journey she's been on. Yeah, she's a lovely lady actually. Now obviously Georgia and I do not have twins. We um, don't. So we thought we're just not going to do products on twins because we got no idea. So we decided that we, for this week we would just talk about our favourite baby and kids' Uh, children's wear
3: yeah I mean we haven't spoken about kids clothes for ages so we thought it might be quite nice
2: Um, I'm going to kick us off I'm going to talk about Fred and Flo oh yes obviously obviously one of our favourite brands popping into Tesco to do your shopping which you and I both do into the clothing section and you can sort yourself out and you can sort your kids out and these clothes are fantastic quality yeah they really are really really inexpensive and like just a really great mix and a range of of clothes you can get in there gilets for the boys you know jumpsuits little dresses I mean it's perfect so easy that's what you want
3: isn't it packs you know packs of two packs of three
2: yeah
3: outfits already put together Yeah, yeah really really Simple, we rate them, we really do. Um, I love next actually, me too. Yeah, I'm I always used to look at all the girls' stuff when um I was walking around with Axel and think, Oh, look at all that stuff, and now I can buy it. Yay! (laughs) But in all seriousness, though, like I really love all this like basic stuff. So they're you know like baby grows and um long sleeve vests because they have like leopard print ones a little bit like a little bit jazzy, Mm -hmm. and again, really good quality and not not very expensive. I
2: also got Luna a really cool pair of unicorn. Um, Wellies from there the other day, Aww. and I think they were five ninety nine, 99 something like that. So good, it's isn't really it? good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can take this one because you uh, love this brand, don't yes, you? Yes, I do.
3: Eddie and B. Um, so I was sent a little like romper for Gigi, and I was one of the things I just couldn't wait for her to get in. Yeah. Um, it's an Instagram brand, um, just really beautiful prints, like little pom pom details. Just if you're looking for something a little bit special, it's, it's, it's not too expensive though. I think a romper is about thirty pounds. So not, not crazy money. Yeah. But I wouldn't normally spend that much on just one. Yeah. It's one like piece. an occasion wear yeah, for them. Yeah. Exactly.
2: So another brand that we absolutely love that you might not have heard of are Small Stories. Oh,
3: yes. Love run Small Small by Stories. the
2: lovely Joe, who's just an absolute dream. And, um, yeah what a brand what a clothing wear brand yeah, for kids I mean like the prints the, are great prints. yeah um, Kit's got this incredible bomber jacket which has got really cool detailing on it really cool print and I love that and then Luna I mean she's got like three or four of their dresses we love them really yeah, small brand but really like really
3: lovely and now you can get matching for mums and dads as well like little who bombers. doesn't want
2: to be twinning with their kids I kid. love a
3: bit of twinning <laughs> <laughs> um, to finish off this isn't actually a kids wear brand but these bags have always got our kids clothes in them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And
2: George and I have got the same bag. We
3: have. So it's Bow and Rattle. Um, I think it's actually an Irish brand. Um, Just really beautiful changing bags. But I think you sometimes use yours for the gym as well, don't you? I use
2: mine as a gym bag. Yeah. Because I don't have a change bag anymore. Oh, yeah. You don't need one. No, I literally just grab a nappy and some wipes and then that's it it was a sad time so I use it I carry it around with me and use it for the gym but it's beautiful it looks like a really beautiful handbag
3: yeah but it's got all the compartments comes with a changing mat also which is great it comes with special clips to go on your buggy so you
2: can hang it and it it does actually really work so you look very chic when you walk around with it (laughs) thank you uh, that is it for this week thank you so much for listening and uh, and being involved with this conversation as always we would love you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and just kind of generally spread the Made by Mamas word please yes
3: please do I always love it when we hear that um, someone's recommended their friend yeah. to us and then they end up loving it too
2: yeah so, um,
3: as always please drop us a note on Instagram at Made by Mamas or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman
2: yeah if you've got any feedback or anything that you want to talk to us about any advice any tips any hints anything we're always there there for you so you can get in touch by our instagrams and we're going to be back next week with more chat see you then
1: when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor yahoo finance